Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hey there, thanks for tuning in to NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. This is your host, Bethany Moore, and I'm with the National Cannabis Industry Association. On today's show, we're going to be speaking with one of the NCIA, Terry Blevins, from the company Armaplex, and that company is based in sunny California. What's really interesting about Terry is that he's a former law enforcement officer, so I'm excited to talk with him today. Welcome to the show, Terry. Thank you, Bethany. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, So let's jump in, and, and could you please tell us more about your background and what brought you to work in the cannabis industry and movement? Sure. Well, I was a police officer for 20 years, and my entire career, I I never really understood the focus that was placed on marijuana enforcement. I smoked uh, a little pot in high school, and it just didn't seem like a major threat to me. And then when I got into law enforcement, I really saw how much emphasis was placed on that, and I, I, I never understood it. And then I started to see the impact that it had on certain communities, uh, young men of color and Latinos and how they were marginalized. I, I had one uh, experience in particular how where I saw a young man, his college career, a, a scholarship was ruined uh, because of an arrest for half a joint. I, I just saw things like that, and it just really sickened me. And, uh, and and then, you know, civil asset forfeiture where people's uh, life savings were taken and it wasn't even really directly connected with a crime because they, you know, they didn't have to prove that. Just things like that. And it just really sickened me. And uh, so my entire career, I, I decided that 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 we were were headed in the wrong direction. So, wow. Yeah. I mean, that's heartbreaking to hear about the lives that are ruined by just a, a small arrest or for possession of a plant. Um, and, and we certainly as an industry have a lot to address to close the gap uh, for minorities who have been disproportionately affected by the war on drugs, as, as you have a very you know, clear experience uh, sharing with your experience as a law enforcement officer. Thank you for sharing that story. Um, so now you are with a company called Armaplex. Uh, what does your company do and how did you launch it and how did it come about? Well, uh, I uh, came to California a few years ago and Apple uh, Corporate Security hired me to be head of security for Beats by Dre. Ooh, cool. Yeah, it was awesome. It was a great job. Uh, a lot of fun, constantly you know, changing and interesting and meeting, working with lots of great people. I'd done executive protection for VIPs before but, uh, um, you know, it was a great experience, but it was also a very corporate job. Apple's very, very corporate. And, you know, I was just at a time in my life when, you know, I, I felt like that I wanted to be able to express myself. I like to write articles and I like to speak 
about these issues, and uh, Apple isn't crazy about that. They kind of hmm. want you to stay on message. So I decided it was a time for a change in my life. I wanted to start my own company, and a friend of mine suggested cannabis uh, uh, security, and I saw that it had you know, recently been uh, you know, the voters had decided recently that they wanted to allow adult use. So I thought it was a perfect time and I felt like it was a good niche and it fit really closely with my values and my overall ethics uh, regarding, you know, uh, uh, legalization of, of drugs and specifically uh, marijuana. And so um, I started this company and now we specialize, we do everything, anything you can imagine security related uh, for cannabis companies that we provide that. Hey, I dig it. So uh, what year did you launch and how big is your team at this point? Well, we I launched the company in January and right now we have all together, including security officers and, and everybody, we still only have uh, under 20 people, but um, we're in the startup phase. We're seeking funding to expand and and uh, so we really hope to uh, to be a major player in the in the cannabis industry in California. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, I mean, more and more states are continuing to vote and add adult use or in the very least medical cannabis programs. So you will have your work cut out for you as time goes forward, certainly. So um, next, I, I want to talk a little bit more about your involvement in the nonprofit LEAP, Law Enforcement Against Prohibition. And I believe they changed their name just a little bit as well, even though the acronym has stayed the same. Can you talk more about your volunteer work with that organization? It sounds like it ties nicely into your desire to write and speak about drug policy issues. Yes, it does. It, uh, you know, I when I was a young police officer and I really saw the things that were going on with the drug war and, and things, I really felt like I was alone. I didn't have anybody that I could talk to uh, I felt like maybe I was the only police officer out there that was really having these these conflicts of conscience. And uh, it turns out that wasn't true. There were a lot of others that were going through the same thing. And uh, LEAP is a national organization uh, made up of right now of uh, a membership of a little bit over 5,000, mostly uh, re- uh, police officers and, and retired police officers who really feel like we lost the war on drugs and that uh, they, they saw these things happening in their careers just like I did. And they wanted to try to do something about it. They wanted to try to educate the public and also educate police officers about, you know, how that we should really take a, a, a new look at uh, the war on drugs and, and stop and think about the impact that it's having on, you know, has had and is having on our communities and, and so, yeah, now it's uh, the the name was recently changed. The acronym is the same, but now it's Law Enforcement Action Partnership because we really expanded the role to include a lot of other issues as well. Just generally, um, you know, reducing harm and over incarceration and mandatory sentences and civil asset forfeiture and just criminal justice reform in general. I mean, even police officers will tell you that the criminal justice system is, needs a lot of work. And uh, so those are the things that we're working towards with this organization. Certainly. Um, and we recently uh, aired a podcast on this show with our government relations team, Michael Correa and Michelle Rudder. Uh, they had a chance to recently talk with Neil Franklin and Howard Woolrich. You get to work with those guys as well? 
Yes, yes. Neil is an awesome guy. Uh, he heads up the organization, and uh, he's a retired uh, police commander. And uh, he just really has a heart for our communities and for our people. And and he's just a great example of uh, a police officer who who realized, you know, what was happening with the war on drugs and, and, uh, and he speaks quite a bit himself has a, a national profile and, and, uh, does a great job of really trying to educate uh, people about, uh, what we need to do to, to really change, uh, the system. Sure. Absolutely. And I'm originally from the Maryland DC area. So, uh, with Neil coming out of the Baltimore area, I certainly am familiar with his name over the years being involved as well. So what's going on with LEAP the rest of the year? Do you have any upcoming speaking engagements that we should be aware of? Well, uh, one of the, the issues that we're working on right now, and I'm preparing for uh, you know some uh, engagements on this topic, It's uh, I mentioned it briefly, but we're launching a program uh, to educate people about civil asset forfeiture and how that really, uh, that entire uh, program that uh, is being used by the criminal justice system uh, has, uh, is people's lives have been impacted greatly by that. People can lose their entire saving, life savings, uh, money and assets can be seized, and it there is no, it's not criminal asset forfeiture. So uh, it, there is no proof needed that there is a direct connection between a crime and the money or assets that are seized. And so we feel like that that, that entire system needs to be reformed. So that's one of the things that, that LEAP is working on uh, this year. Sure. And we're not talking about yachts and mansions. We're just talking about everyday people and their bank accounts and maybe their homes. Is that right? That's absolutely correct. And unfortunately, it's the poor people that that get the brunt of that because let's say somebody is traveling across country. I actually saw this with my own two eyes. An individual had saved up uh, money by working in the the kitchen at a restaurant. He was moving from New York to L.A. He had $5,000 in his uh, backpack and he got stopped on the highway. He had a joint, half a joint in the in, you know, his ashtray. And the officer seized the $5,000. There was no connection to the drugs whatsoever. Ugh. And the guy found out, yeah, it was a true injustice. And the guy found out that it was going to cost him more to hire a lawyer uh, to fight that than, than he would actually get back in the long run. <laughs> Jeez. So yeah, these it just are, completely yeah. ruined the guy's lives. And yeah, and it's just, like you said, it's, you know, it's not the big, the big rich people. They have lawyers to go and fight these things and get some of this back. But it's the poor people we see mostly are affected by it. Oh, yes. All right. We're going to take a short break uh, and hear from some of our sponsors, but please stay tuned to NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice, and we'll come back and hear more from Terry Blevins of his company, Armaplex, and volunteer with Leap. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. 
the cannabis industry continues to grow in Massachusetts. Canicon Boston is where you learn everything and meet everyone in the cannabis industry. Canicon Boston is coming to Heinz Convention Center July 13th through the 15th. Get tickets right now at Canicon.org. This will be the biggest cannabis event in Boston all year. Meet over 3,000 professionals in the cannabis industry at Canicon Boston July 13th through the 15th. Get your tickets and all access passes now at Canicon.org. The cannabis industry is booming. Don't miss out. Canicon.org. Get your tickets today. The smoke is rising, and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested. Welcome to the Cannabis Radio Network, founded by respected rainmakers who have been producing award-winning podcasts for over a decade. Industry headlines, business updates, medical reports, marketing, and e-commerce education rolled up perfectly for your consumption. Let's grow together. The Cannabis Radio Network. CannabisRadio.com. Ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network. Join our crew of thousands on our Cannabis Radio page on Facebook or at Canna Radio, C-A-N-N-A Radio on Twitter. Plus, look for our Facebook and Google Plus pages for all of our original programs and connect with Dr. Dina, Kyle Cushman, Dr. Mitch Earlywine, Nurse Heather, Doc Rob, the host of Gondrepreneur, and more. Connect with the growing Cannabis Radio social crusade at Canna Radio on Twitter or search for Cannabis Radio on Facebook, Google Plus, and Instagram and grow with us. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice, only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. This is your host, Bethany Moore, and we're chatting with Terry Blevins. He's an NCIA member with the company Armaplex. Um, so, Terry, the, the issue that comes up for cannabis companies a lot has to do with internal theft, uh, rather than bad guys from the outside coming to break in, although that certainly does happen as well. I've seen plenty of videos online of folks uh, getting their dispensaries get broken into, and, and thankfully they have security systems in place. Um, but there's also this risk of employees internally who are not behaving appropriately, and they cause a loss for the company. Uh, can we talk a little bit about that and what uh, cannabis company owners, business owners, employers can do to prevent that internal loss? Sure. Well, we don't have any exact numbers, but we believe that most losses that are incurred by cannabis businesses, uh, dollar-wise, actually are due to internal theft. And there are some specific things that employers can do to you know, to mitigate those those types of losses. One of the things you can do is is to have very specific policies for employees and for your facilities. We like to be nice. We don't want our employees to think that we don't trust them. And I agree with that. You generally want to, you know, let your employees know that, that you generally do trust them. Mm-hmm. But um, we need to have very specific policies uh, that these employees need to follow in order to ensure that there remains a, an atmosphere of trust. Uh, you need to make sure that employees don't uh, bring uh, oversized baggy clothing or backpacks, any types of bags into product areas. They need to leave those in a locker uh, outside that area. 
You need to do an inventory at, at the end of each shift. Uh, and if there are losses, you need to discuss that with your employees. You need to review your surveillance camera footage. And uh, one of the things that we find in the security industry is that uh, we interview employees who were caught for theft. And a lot of times these employees will say, well, my employer didn't act like they really cared. They didn't put any measures in place to prevent me from taking those items or that cash. And so we just need to let the employees know that that security is really important to us and that we're keeping an eye on that. Huh. Interesting. They're just like, well, I didn't know it was sitting there, so I thought I'd take it. Yeah, it seems a little lame, but uh, that's one of the things that we find. One of the things that I encourage the most with uh, cannabis employers is to uh, engage your employees, treat your employees with dignity and respect, and uh, make sure that your managers are trained to treat people with dignity and respect. Because another thing that we find when we interview these employees after the fact is they say, well, uh, you know, I got treated like crap. So I felt like I was justified in stealing from my employer because they didn't pay me enough. They cheated me out of a bonus or whatever. And you're always going to have a certain percentage of employees that always feel that way. But there's there's a certain number of employees that are sort of in the middle. We have to win their hearts and minds. And uh, and we can sway them, uh, you know, to to be more engaged and more loyal to the business. Because if a, if an employee is engaged with your company, they're not going to steal from you. It's just, uh, you know, something that we find. Sure. I mean, one thing is true: humans are humans are humans. Um, so that That's ranges true. yeah that ranges in all kinds of behaviors. And, and it might be good for listeners who want to explore more on the topic to connect with some of our resources, experts in NCIA membership. Um, there, there are some other episodes with um, Carol Richter from C. Richter HR Consulting that you could refer to um, and an interview with Viridian Staffing, a recruiting firm as well, just in case anybody wanted to get more into good HR practices in your cannabis business. Uh so, Terry, here's a question for you. What is the strangest, or most off-the-wall, the oddest security issue you've seen in the cannabis industry? Give, give me your weirdest story that you've seen, sus, su, that you've seen thus far. Hmm. Well, um, I didn't – one particular comes to mind. I didn't see this myself, but I had a cop buddy of mine tell me about – two guys that broke into a dispensary and in in the middle of the night and apparently the uh, marijuana that they found was so attractive to them that they decided to sit down and uh, smoke a blunt <laughs> and ended up actually falling asleep and when the when the dispensary manager came in in the morning he found these guys uh, crashed inside the dispensary and obviously called the police and they got arrested because uh they smoked uh, some really good stuff that uh that maybe they hadn't been used to up to that point he said it was the top shelf uh marijuana that they were partaking in so uh, uh they they got caught Oh my goodness! So they went in for cash, I'm assuming, and then then smoked the product and decided to take a little nap. Wow, my my jaw's kind of hitting my desk right now. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> oh, criminals are often not very smart. Um, thanks for sharing that. Sure. Um, so, for a broader view, what would you say are the top three? 
or top five or whatever the must do tasks or preventive measures really that any cannabis company can do. Obviously, the needs of a cultivation facility may be quite different from the needs of a dispensary retail location or even an edibles manufacturing kitchen. But I'm sure there's some things that everybody should think about for security. What advice would you have for everyone to think on a higher level about protecting their companies? Sure. I there are some general principles that sort of apply, you know, to all uh, cannabis businesses and even non-cannabis businesses. But specifically, these are some of the the things that I I tell people. Um, again, I said, you know, it's important to have very specific policies uh, and to stick to those. Uh, some people don't see the importance of those, or they have the policies and they sit on the shelf and they're dusty and they never really implement those. Um, and they don't have to be written in stone. I mean, they, they can be adjusted to the situation, but uh, you do have to make sure that your employees follow specific policies because that'll help prevent um, a lot of uh, situations. Uh, I recommend that each uh, cannabis business, even if they don't have a security manager, that they have somebody, either an operations person or a manager, designated as your, the person who is responsible for security on site and then give them the authority and the responsibility to implement uh, measures uh, that you know that they need to implement those policies that that I talked about previously. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that some cannabis businesses forget, because everything has been so lax in the industry for decades now, everything was sort of done by uh, the seat of the pants. Uh, you have a, a duty of care responsibility. That's a legal uh, uh, responsibility that you have to your employees. And if one of your employees is injured or killed while they're working for you, Ooh, you could awful. lose – it would be horrible. I mean, you first of all, you would feel horrible. Secondly, you could lose your business. And uh, and now, you know, that we're talking about businesses that are worth, you know, millions, tens of millions of dollars, uh, and you may have investors, you may have other people involved – it, there could be a huge loss. So you you need to implement certain measures to make sure that you're protecting your your people. Uh, you know, you don't want them to, you know, take $50,000 in the trunk of their car over to the nearest safe deposit box and get in the process of doing that, get injured or killed. That would be a horrible, horrible thing to happen. So sure. um, I know it sounds like a sales pitch for my services, but honestly, it's, you know, it's something that people really need to think about. Oh, I mean, we we talk about that when we are advocating at the federal level about the banking crisis for our industry in that we have dispensary employees. Yep, they still have to drive cash over to the bank in their personal cars, and that represents a huge risk for anybody uh, to, one, not only get their car broken into if they run into McDonald's to get a burger or wherever, um, or worse, as you've mentioned, they could actually be injured if somebody knows that there's a large amount of cash in their vehicle. Anyway, I'm sorry, carry on. No worries. I, I You absolutely hit the point on the head, and people need to uh, to think about those things. Um, one of the things that's really important is it's important for employers to create a, a security co- – culture within your business. I touched on this briefly, but it's important that, you know, security can be important to you, but you have to let everybody in your business know that security is important and uh, they have to, uh, you know, follow those rules and regulations and, 
And uh, that really creating a culture of security is huge. We just find that businesses that have that have gone to the trouble to create that security culture generally have uh, fewer losses and fewer incidents than other companies that just don't place an importance on it. Yeah, that's great. Thank you again for sharing that advice. Um, So we're going to take another break in just a minute here, uh, but we definitely have more to talk about with Terry. Uh, When we come back from the break, we're going to talk more about getting involved in the community as an owner and getting more involved in NCIA. So please stay tuned and don't go away. We're just going to take another quick break here on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint Business and cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. Are you disturbed by the prescription medication commercials on television and their endless list of side effects? They go on and on and you end up having to take multiple pills to counteract the problems caused by the first pill. It never ends. Have you looked into CBD as a more natural option? At Saturn Ranch, we produce all-natural CBD topicals and THC-infused edibles. Premium lab-tested hemp-derived CBD is the most important ingredient in our products. From topical bombs, salt scrubs, bath-soaking salts to tinctures and edibles, you're sure to find something to help. Family-owned and operated, we at Saturn Ranch believe in and use our products daily. Don't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in your body. SaturnRanch.com Get informed. Get inspired and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on the final segment here of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. And if you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Bethany Moore from the National Cannabis Industry Association. And we're talking with one of our members, Terry Blevins, with the company Armaplex. And he's also an active volunteer with Law Enforcement Action Partnership, formerly known as Law Enforcement Against Prohibition. Uh, So welcome back, Terry. Uh, I want to talk to you more about being a cannabis business owner. And with your experience as a former law enforcement officer, uh, I, I wonder how many cannabis business owners would be hesitant to go introduce themselves to you right off the bat, not knowing uh, where you stand on the issue. But I'm sure you have 
some advice as to why that's actually really, really important for us to do as cannabis business owners, Uh, just as we do at the federal level when we go to Washington, D.C. and lobby Congress and visit with them and and talk to their staffers and tell our stories, uh, as well as what we do on the local level and the state level. uh, Let's talk more about the value in being present, in being transparent and in having a relationship with our local regulators and legislators. You're absolutely correct, Bethany. I I think that that sometimes a lot of the differences of opinion that we might have with other people or groups is based on misconceptions. And one of the things that I tell people is that uh, The cops in your community, especially if you're new to the community and the community may not have experience, have had dispensaries or other cannabis businesses in the past, those cops might be as afraid of you as you are of them. Kind of like, you know, snakes and bears in the woods, you know, we say (laughs) they're more afraid of you than you are of them. They they may be experiencing uh, some misconceptions about you the same way that you are about them. And the only way to dispel those is to communicate with those individuals. One of the things that we do with LEAP is we uh, try to educate police officers and police leadership about uh, the misconceptions that, that they may have about cannabis businesses. We have found there have been uh, studies that have done that been done that have shown that legalized, regulated cannabis businesses in a community actually decrease crime. And when I go around and speak to police officers and even to police chiefs who are advising city councils, uh, they are not aware of that. And I can show them these studies that support that fact. And most of them are very surprised by that. They think that that allowing a cannabis business in your community is actually going to cause crime to go up. And they care about these communities. They care about the the people who live in their communities. They want them to be safe. And so we have to make sure that they understand that that legalization of marijuana and a licensed and regulated industry will actually help create a safer environment for everybody. So speaking to those people in leadership and to the to the line officers, it's really, really important. And plus, if you are in a situation where you need law enforcement, uh, you should be able to count on on their uh, response and them not being hesitant or have misconceptions about you or your business when they come to provide service for you, because you very possibly could uh, could need their services as well. I think that's great advice. Thanks so much for sharing that. Um, well, we've only got about a minute left in the show. It's it's time is flying as usual. So um, I, I want to thank you for joining us. And, and we're very glad to have your skills here in our industry. I know I met you personally back in April at our Q2 um, Southern California Quarterly Cannabis Caucus held in West Hollywood. Uh, and when this episode airs, we'll be smack in the middle of our Q3 July Quarterly Cannabis Caucus events. And again in October. So I encourage folks to come uh, register and attend the quarterly cannabis caucuses. And I hope uh, that was a good experience for you. I think you mentioned that was your first time attending our event. Uh, So we got to run. We're out of time. But thank you again for joining us. And thanks to the audience for tuning in to NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice.
The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.